Today's reading is from 1 John 5, verse 13 to verse 21, from the Revised Standard Version. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, In whatever we ask, we know that we have obtained the requests made of him. If anyone sees his brother committing what is not a mortal sin, he will ask, and God will give him life for those whose sin is not mortal. And there is sin which is mortal. I do not say that one is to pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin which is not mortal. We know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who was born of God keeps him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding to know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Thank you, Karen. That that reading sums up, in a sense, what we're going to talk about with knowledge and knowing. And um, we're going to to look into that. But that lovely hymn, Knowing You, Jesus, it says so much of what I want to say this morning. I was um, chatting to a market stall holder just two Fridays ago I've got to know him he's um, not English he's a Hindu um, and uh, he's from India but he started a conversation and his conversation went something like this can you really know what's going to happen to you when you die Um, and he's raised this question you see and I've chatted to him before but not I've given him leaflets at Easter and Christmas, but uh, uh, we've never had a real chat before. I've always tried to persuade people to buy hats from his hat stall and that, but, uh, which he appreciates. But yeah, well, we got chatting. How can you? And he believes that you can never know. You just simply can't know the truth. You can't know what's going to happen to you in the future. Um, and of course, he quoted from Hinduism, you come back reincarnated and maybe you've got to he said he said reincarnated about a million times before you might possibly get to nirvana or whatever it's called you know beyond um but that raised a question how do we know how do we know um and uh, so I, I think i've got a cartoon here this was sent to me the top one there says The philosopher Plato once said, I am the wisest man alive, for I know one thing, and that is that I know nothing. So his little grandson, how did he he know that? He said his wife told him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how you get on with quizzes. Um, uh, if it's university challenge if Coralie and I get one right we're sort of hallelujah we've actually got one right there is a, another quiz I don't know what it is is it called um, Brain of Britain where you have to answer two minutes of questions on your chosen subject I think Pardon? 
mastermind chosen question on your chosen subject and then, then is it two minutes on general knowledge and uh, I don't know what your general knowledge is like did you know that knowledge in 213 knowledge that's the well in the world knowledge was increasing at the rate of doubling every 13 months today it's doubling almost every day knowledge, what we're learning, what people are learning, etc, etc. I mean, it, it's just amazing. The universe is made up of many things. But it's made up, we're told, science tells us, of dark energy and dark matter. But they still don't know what they are. They're still trying to find out. I think the Hydron Collider in Switzerland, under the mountains of Switzerland, is one of the scientific processes. They're trying to discover what dark energy and dark matter is, what the universe is made up of. And uh, I read this in one of the books I've been reading. It's quite old, but I think it's still got relevance. I read this. Ordinary people say we do not know about everything... But the scientists do. The scientists say they do not know everything, but the physicists do. The physicists say we do not know about everything and turn to Jesus who does. That was a long time ago. The person, these were, these were educated people in Oxford discovering that so many physicists, people who test the scientific knowledges of, of others and their experiments, etc., they were turning to Christ, turning to Jesus. And it's true that many scientists still do turn to Jesus Christ. Many scientists do that. Um, and there's some, the chap, I know, trying to think of his name, uh, Collins, he discovered the whole genome theory, the whole matter of the human body, the genome and everything else. He discovered that. He became a Christian through what he discovered in the human body and the whole genetics, etc. Um, so, yeah, y y there's so much knowledge about um, just say this, the word, you don't know, this is a little bit Greek, ginosko the, the, uh, is, is to come to know, the Greek. And we get the word agnostic from that, um, someone who doesn't know God or doesn't believe you can know God. And the other word, prognosis, is to know the likely outcome of a situation. And, and these words come from the Greek uh, word for knowing. We need to know knowledge. What does it mean to know? We can know facts and figures. We can have an encyclopedia. If we go to school or college or university, they can fill us up with knowledge. Um, and we can know many, many things. Sometimes, of course, we have to say, I don't know, but I will try and find out for you. And I want to simply say, knowledge is important. We need knowledge. We need to learn, but above all, we need to learn the Bible. We need to live with the Word of God. We read this story a little while back. A, a man was found, an elderly gentleman, I don't know how old he was, but he was found every day reading his Bible, every day. And someone came to him and said, Why do you read your Bible so much? And he replied, In case I've missed something. In case I've missed something. And you know, God has always got something new to tell us, 
to speak into our lives through the word of God. We need to know the truth and Jesus is the truth so we need to know the stories of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, we need to know the truth. But we also need love. Have you ever come across a person who's a know-all? Don't look at me. You know, they know everything. They, they, you know, and uh, in fact, we, we were in a group session two weeks ago. And it's funny how in that group session, everyone, it, there's almost a competition as who knows this and who knows that and who's got this and who's that. It's almost a competition, you know, of getting your knowledge in on what you're doing. And um, it can come, become a quite uh, competitive thing. Do you know what uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says? If I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and do not have love, I'm nothing. So we need knowledge. We need to learn about Jesus. But we need love with our knowledge. We're not trying to, as, as Christians, we're not trying to thrust our knowledge our, uh, about Jesus or God or whatever on other people we are called first of all to love them come back to that in just a, uh, just a moment knowledge is not knowing knowledge is not knowing I, I got this, um, this Richard Burton I, I was sent again this like the cartoon I was sent it on the internet Richard Burton was called back to the actor. This is called back to his hometown where he grew up. And he grew up in, I think it was an Anglican church. And he went back there, I think, to sort of honour him and, you know, all his achievements, etc. He said at the end, would anybody like to ask me a question? Well, his pastor, retired pastor, minister, in a wheelchair, said to Richard, would you quote the 23rd Psalm? I think he had taught Richard Burton the 23rd Psalm when he was a boy. And so Richard Burton said, Yes, I will, Pastor, but will you quote or, you know, recite the 23rd Psalm? So Richard Burton got up and he quoted the, or, or, you know, spoke out the 23rd Psalm in an actor's voice, beautifully intoned and etc., etc., and beautiful. And then at the, every, at the end of it, everybody clapped. Then his elderly pastor got out of his wheelchair and he recited the 23rd Psalm in faltering words, etc. And when he sat down, everyone was in tears. And that's what Richard Burton said. I know the 23rd Psalm, but pastor knows the shepherd. And that's true. It's not about how much we know knowledge as to who we know. You, we used to say, didn't we, if you were looking for a job, it's who you know, not what you know sometimes, you know. If you knew the right person, you got the right opportunity, etc. So it was who you know, not what you know. And that's true of the Christian faith. We do need knowledge. We do need to know the Christian faith. But it's who you know, not just what you know. And um, we need to know Jesus. How do we come to know Jesus. Well, we need to believe the truth. We need to be born again of God's Spirit. 
That happens when we repent of our sins and put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and God's Spirit comes to live within us and we begin a new life. We're born anew or born again. We need to open up our lives to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes the presence of Jesus in our lives. That's how we know the presence of Jesus in our lives, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we can live in the presence of Jesus. I wish I did all the time, but I don't. (laughs) Um, And probably you don't too, but I'm not looking anywhere and pointing the finger. I've just read an incredible, re-read an incredible book. I don't know whether anyone's ever come across, I dared to call him Father. If you want to copy, you can get it off of Amazon, but it still costs about 13 quid. Um, It's the most incredible story. Um, I don't know whether I've mentioned it before, but it's the testimony of a high-born Muslim woman from a village in northern Pakistan. Her husband had been one of the chief ministers of state in Pakistan, uh, but he divorced her. And in in an incredible way, partly through two missionaries in the village of Wa, um, and partly through the local hospital run by Roman Catholics, this person, this lady, Bilquish Sheikh, was introduced to the Christian faith. In fact, the Catholic nuns said to her, well, if you want to pray, go into your room and just speak to God and say, Father... And that's how she came to know Father, the Father God. Just a little story, um, I'm showing off here, knowledge. But anyway, um, I just read this book and was reading it. This was a church, we were in um, Doncaster at the time. And uh, a young woman in the the, um, church, who was away at university, but she came back, holidays and worshipped with us, she'd become a Christian. I don't think her parents parents weren't Christian. She'd become a Christian. She came back from university one day, said, would you marry me to my boyfriend? And I thought, oh, that's nice. Uh, Who's your boyfriend? Oh, she said, he's a Muslim. And uh, we had the church policy that we don't marry Christians to non-Christians, Muslims. But I never liked to say no to anyone. So I said, well, um, but I'd like to meet him. So another time she came down with her boyfriend. And um, I happened to say that I'd read this book. And uh, I didn't say much about it, but he, he said, could I, he was from Pakistan, he said, could I have a copy? So I gave him a copy off the bookstall, and he went home, and he came back uh, sometime later to another service with his girlfriend or his fiance, and said, that's amazing. He said, I was born in the village this woman was born in. I've played in her garden, I've played with her children, I know nearly everything about her until the point where she became a Christian. And it's just an understanding. He said, can I have another copy for my father? His father was a, a doctor, a Muslim doctor. Um, just an amazing story. The point I want to say is that this woman learned to live in God's presence. To live in God's presence. It was hard work. She constantly had to face the fact that the Holy Spirit rebuked her and said she got it wrong. Um, And uh, she had to learn 
to live in the presence of God through the grace of God. And, uh, and we too can live in the presence of God, but we have to learn to live there. And um, I've just read this book, so I was particularly um, aware of it. And uh, I bought a new phone yesterday, and it was really annoying me trying to get it to do what I wanted to. And I lost my temper with it. You know, and Corey will tell me, but, uh, you know, and I was suddenly rebuked. You don't lose your temper, even with a phone. That's not living in the presence of God. And uh, we, we have to live to learn to live there. In fact, um, this is another story I may have told you before. The former bishop, Anglican bishop of the city of Karachi in Pakistan, lovely, incredible Christian man, saw amazing things God doing. But uh, he, one of the things he was doing was translating the Bible into one of the um, languages of Pakistan, um, uh, one of the lesser-known languages. And he was translating, and, and he got to his office one day, and he tried to translate. Nothing happened. Couldn't, couldn't get any inspiration. It just wouldn't flow. Just wouldn't work. And he said, well, what's, Lord, what's, what's wrong, Lord? The Holy Spirit said, you got upset with your wife at breakfast over the burnt toast. Back in there and apologize. So he went back in and apologized to his wife. And the Spirit of God's presence was with him and he was able to carry on translating. We can know the presence of God. This is the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, praying for the Ephesian church. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better, so that you may know Jesus Christ You see, we can never know Jesus enough. There's always more to know and receive. Not knowledge, but the experience of his presence. Did you know the hymn? More about Jesus would I know More of his saving fullness show More of his love who died for me More of his love I can't remember it all More about Jesus There's always more And we could say, well, I'm full up But you know what the Bible answers is, I'm full up You need to be filled up till you overflow with Jesus. We can overflow with his presence. So let's just think about when Moses was about to set out on the journey leading the Israelites across the desert to the promised land, he said to God if your presence won't go with us then don't let us start out. Don't let us set out. And the promise of God is my presence will go with you. Um, that's, That's not it anyway. My presence will go with you. Friends, I'm just here to tell you this morning that you can live in the presence of God. The presence of God will go with you. But we have to learn to live there. We just don't assume it. We have to live in the presence of God. Just to know Jesus. We need to know him more and we need to know him better. If we're going to live in the presence of Jesus, we've got to want to. It doesn't just happen. We have to want to live in the presence of Jesus. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and we need to believe in Jesus and his words. 
when Coley and I were first introduced to the baptism fullness of the Holy Spirit, it was Luke 11.13. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That doesn't mean to be born again. We were already born again. We were Christians. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And the context is um, that... um, Well, I was going to say Old Mother Hubbard, but it's that situation where we find ourselves in a situation and we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do. We feel as though we've got nothing to offer. Yes, a bit like Old Mother Hubbard. She went to the cupboard to get her poor doggy a bone and when she got there, the cupboard was bare and the poor little doggy got none. And sometimes that's the way we are. We might need to say something, we may to do something, but if we ask for the Holy Spirit, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit? Good things to those who ask him. We've got to want, and then we've got to allow. We've got to believe these words from Jesus. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? And then we've got to be willing to obey. Friends, my longing for you is that every one of us should know the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Just this last two weeks, God prompted me to give a sum of money to an old friend. Well, she's not old, not younger than me, but anyway, a friend from way back in our ministry. And I, I wrote to her uh, and or texted her and said about this, and she said, that's amazing, I've just been asking God, I'm in crisis, for some money. We were able to bless her. But I didn't plan that, the Holy Spirit planned that I should do that. I, I've told you these stories before probably, we were in Hastings, and in fact we've just attended the funeral of um, a, a friend who became a doctor, who became a Christian down in, in Hastings. And how it came about is that I knew he was a doctor, I knew where he and his wife lived, the girl was in Girls Brigade, their daughter in Girls Brigade, I didn't know them, I don't think I'd ever met them, but one day the Holy Spirit said, go and knock on their door, and so I obeyed, and that's the presence of Jesus, so I knocked on the door, a lady answered the door, I said who I was, and she said, does God always expect us to forgive? That's her opening words, nothing else, and God had led me into a terrible situation incredibly bad situation Um, but God's presence was there and they both became Christians and in fact set up a Christian counselling service in in Hastings and uh, God's presence was there friends I long to be there myself I, I want to be more in the presence of God even if it means God telling me off for getting it wrong um, well it makes a change for my wife anyway when God tells me off but uh, I want to be there in the presence of God and I'm trusting that you do too but we have to be willing to obey when God's spirit prompts us may we best be still for a moment. I don't know where you're at on this. I don't know whether it's all strange to you. Um, If you think you're already living very well in the presence of God, I'm not here to point any fingers. When Moses said to God, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't send us out. 
And Moses said, the only thing that will distinguish us, the Israelites, from all the nations around, is your presence. In other words, we do need the presence of God. Yes, he is with us all the time. Yes, he will never leave us. But this is a further dimension of knowing the presence of Jesus. Being led by the presence of Jesus. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. And if within your heart and mind there's just the, the thought, yes, I'd like to know Jesus more. Yes, I'd like to know the presence of Jesus, with, of God in my life a little bit more. Then I'm going to pray over you, if that's you. Just open your heart and mind, and I'm going to pray over you the words of the Apostle Paul. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Father God, I, I just pray for my dear friends here, pray that you put within them a holy desire to know you better. Thank you, Lord, that we know you. We know you as our Father God. We thank you, Jesus, that we know you as our Saviour. But Lord, we want to know you better. And we long that your presence will be known by us, in us, but your presence in us will be known by others. They will come to know your presence that distinguishes us from others who do not know you. If you would like to know Jesus more, just say amen to this. Father God, you give good gifts to those who are your children. We are your children. We ask you now for the Holy Spirit. And with your Holy Spirit, good gifts with which to bless others as well. Knowing you, Jesus, there is no greater thing. Amen. Amen.